Welcome to the Circle of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilland. Today, I've got Adam Thatcher with me. Adam, how you doing? Doing awesome, Brett. Glad to be here. Awesome having you, man. The background looks cool there. It looks like you're probably at Grace Farms out there in Connecticut. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Grace Farms is just this amazing cultural and humanitarian center that I've got the pleasure of being able to be a part of and getting to create something really new there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive into it, man, because it's a cool kind of a new business model and something I think people just need to be aware of and uh, came across each other through social media somehow. And and now all of a sudden, here we are uh, on the Circuit of Success podcast. It's a small world. I interviewed, uh, interviewed somebody today and didn't even know it until my research. But, you know, she knew this person and I knew, you know, it's just it's a small world. It's it's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's amazing how one or two degrees of separation is it's it's they say it's supposed to be degrees, but it's usually a lot less. Exactly. I don't disagree with that. So, well, you are the co-founder and CEO of Grace Farms uh, Foods, and um, but it's a it's an unbelievable 100% of the profits goes to um, your guys' foundation and charities, and uh, it's just a, it's a great business model. But before we dive into all that stuff, Adam, if you can, I always like to start with what's made you the man you are today, which I know is a big loaded question, uh, but you don't just wake up and do the things that you're doing. So I'm curious on what the backstory is. Yeah, right on. Um, well, I think that what made me who I am today is certainly my experiences growing up, um, having a really unique sort of family set up. My, uh, my father was a World War II veteran, right? For somebody who was born in 1984, that's not, you do yeah, the math well, on yeah. that, that's something pretty uncommon. And that truly was the greatest generation, you know, not only to have yeah. the bravery at 2022 20, to go off to war and be in the submarine service in the Pacific, but then to come home and really build our country to what it is today. And to be able to like grow up with that type of work ethic, being surrounded by that, I think is really a driver for my own passion to create things, make a difference um, and leave some kind of legacy that, you know, I think my kids would be proud of. Yeah. So what did you learn from that? Do you think the biggest takeaways for that? If, if did you have older siblings as well, or are you, uh, so I'm the youngest the 19 of six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think from that is having the biggest takeaway I would say is that every day is an opportunity to make a difference and there's no sense in spoiling it, right? There's enough hours in the day to contribute in a positive way to your community, to yourself, but then also to create that moment of leisure for yourself too, whether it's, you know, putting your kids to bed, um, it's, you know, sharing a drink with a neighbor who might be going through a hard time, whatever it might be. There's definitely enough hours in the day to make every day count. I love that. Let's let's stay on that while we can, because uh, I'm a big believer in that. And so we all can be busy. We've all got the same 24 hours in the day. So I, I look at it as it's self-management, not time management. Can't manage time. And uh, so talk about that. What's your schedule look like? I mean, you're a busy, you know, a co-founder, a CEO. I'm the, I'm the same thing, co-founder and CEO of our firm. Uh, things are busy, right? You got kiddos. I got kiddos. Uh, we can give a million excuses of why we can't find time for leisure and putting our kids to bed, but it's important to you. It's a value of yours, I would assume. Uh, so how do you do that? Let's kind of dive into the weeds, if you will, and help our other fellow business owners that are listening to this. Right on. Yeah. Well, I, I have three kids under the age of six, just sent my, uh, my five and a half year old daughter to kindergarten today for the first time, Oh which boy, was, which was an amazing, you know, milestone for us as a tears, family. no tears. No tears, luckily, because I got to drop her off instead of get, putting her on a bus today. So <laughs> right, I don't think exactly. they got on the bus. So that was our get yeah. out of jail. Um, and, you know, 
what what does a day look like, right? So I I tend to wake up early, right? Probably anywhere between five and five thirty. Uh, spend the morning to myself. Uh, I like to do a lot of stretching. I like to drink a lot of water and tea in the morning to really get my my body prepared for everything else that's coming. And then um, w- taking care of my kids in the morning is the best thing, right? Getting them up making breakfast for them, talking to them about how great their day is going to be so I can prime them for a successful day uh, and, and, and the ways that they define success, which is mostly fun and learning. Um, and, then, and then as soon as I drop them off, I'm able to just switch my mindset into, okay, what's on, what's on the, the docket today? if not having that already prepared the night before, if I need to get it prepared the night before. And I use that drive after dropping the kids off to say, okay, how am I gonna make the next eight hours, the most productive eight hours they can possibly be before you know I transition back into family. And then after I put the kids to bed, I like to take an hour or, well, I, first I always, we always dedicate, 50, we try to dedicate 15 minutes um, between my wife and I, right? Like, how was your day? Like, tell me how you're yeah. doing. Um, hopefully being at giving ourselves a chance to even do uh, a little bit of Bible study if given the opportunity as well. Um, some self-improvement and, uh, and you know, couple improvement at, together. Investing yeah. that time is really important. And then taking another hour to sort of at max uh, for a little bit more work prepping for the day before the, the following day before I go to bed. And yeah. believe it or not, still get about you know, seven hours of sleep a night, which is all that I need. I know some people need more, but um, that's what Saturday, Sunday's for is pick up that extra hour. That's right. Decrease that sleep debt. Um, awesome. Just taking them some notes there. Love that. So do you exercise? Are you a big exercise guy? I know you said stretch and all that stuff. Are you a big fitness guy? You know, funny enough, I'm not. I'm a big skier. I spent eight years living in Lake Tahoe, California. I worked for two amazing ski resorts out there on the North Shore. And so that was my daily exercise routine. And I am not a big exercise person, but I find that my own daily routines of a healthy diet and stretching ends up being enough for me. I'm a passionate and avid gardener. So on the weekends are usually spent mm. with a shovel in my hand, putting, you know, moving plants around and that sort of thing. I end up busting enough of a sweat that I haven't, you know, <laughs> haven't, haven't put on too much of a, of a dad yeah. bell, uh, belly yeah. yet. I love it. That uh, Edgewood Resort out there in Tahoe, you been there? So I've been to a, a number of them for sure. Um, I had the pleasure of working at uh, what was Squaw Valley and Alpine Meadows, which is now okay. Palisades Tahoe, um, home to some of the, the best big mountain skiing out west. Yeah. The Edgewood Golf Course there is amazing. I'm a big golfer, so loved it out there. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right so, um, so again, continuing on this routine thing, what, what would I find if I followed you around day in and day out? Again, imagine the person listening to this right now is exercising or driving down the road, and, and they're busy. They're in their schedules. What, what do I see from you from either time management? Again, it said you can't manage that. So self-management, um, but buffer in your calendar. Or are you a back-to-back back, uh, meeting guy? Like, What's that look like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I would say that while undiagnosed, I will uh, I will diagnose my, myself as having a slight ADD. I like to multitask on many different things so that I'm never waiting for a response. Um, and when that magic moment pops in your head, I like to be able to hit it right away and then come back to what I was doing because I think that different work areas inform how you're going to 
be the most successful in a, a certain topic. So I, at any time, I've got probably about 10 to 12 tabs open on, right, on, on Google Chrome. And I like to jump between them um, so that I'm constantly making progress together. And what it ultimately turns into is um, those, I consider that my version of being focused. When other people watch me, they can't stand it. But <laughs> it ends up creating sort of this, um, where all the boats are rising at the same tide and right, a billiards player of sorts, right? It's it's the catambola where all three balls fall at the same time, right? And so, and I, I find that that's a way to reach sort of like compounding results is when you're succeeding at multiple things throughout the day, even if it's a small success. And I like to try to write down my successes, right? This is not too big of, of a mind blowing thing, but having the list and, and checking it off. And that can be done the night before, the morning of, and that order isn't linear, right? And nor, and the way I think it, it shouldn't be, right? It, sometimes it's all over the place, but you're just drawing circles, connecting this dot to this dot, crossing it off, and then always dedicating, um, I try to dedicate 30 minutes a day to just outreach, right? And so relationships that I already have, right? Shouldn't be surprised if you get an email two months from now that just says, Hey, I really loved our conversation. Like, hope you're doing well. And if you're ever in the area, would love to connect, right? As simple as yeah. that. And keeping in the forefront of people's minds then. And that's the sense of community, right? Because um, I'm not in this by myself. Um, there will be times when I need to lean in and get help. And a cold reach out is much more difficult. And it appears certainly that you're only interested in serving yourself when the whole, that's, contrary to the whole concept of what we're doing at Grace Farms. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, like, you'll reach out and, and, you know, come by. And I think it's so important, one of the things, so I'm 45 years old. I've been doing this for 22 years now in the wealth management space. And, and when I was 40, so five years ago, I wrote down the 40 things I learned in my first 40 years. But really, it's about my business, right, in the business world. And I, uh, one of the things I said was take the meeting. I have so many people in, in any business, right? Like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that because they just want me to come there and I'm, you know, my time is valuable and I'm going to get paid and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And I, and I have found over the years that I have done a lot of free meetings, right? And, but those meetings, and I don't do them for any other reason. Just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you. You're going to be able to help me be a good person. Let's go have fun and, and have a great meeting. And I think that you're, what I'm hearing and what my research has shown is that you would agree with that concept as well. Take the meeting. I don't know what the hell is going to happen, man, but some amazing things happen when you get good people together. Agree? Totally. And also being transparent, right? Let's not beat around the bush. If we've only got 45 minutes for a cup of coffee or catching up, you know, share what your interests are, what you're focused on also. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they're like, hey, I happen to know the chief sustainability officer at this or and they would love to hear from. Them. And that's where the network grows, right? Yeah. 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 The circle just keeps getting bigger, doesn't it? So um, let, let's talk about this. So so people understand exactly what you're doing. You guys give away 100% of your profits. And so I'm going to have you explain this because you'll do a hell of a lot better job than I will. But talk about this business model. And this is where I came across it in Forbes magazine. There's a write-up about you all. Um, and so let's, let's talk about that. What does that mean? We're giving away 100% of our profits. And why is it a new business model that people should be thinking about? Right on, right on. Well, so the way that you guarantee you're giving back 100% of profits is that you're 100% nonprofit owned. And the way that this model works, which is a whole new type of uh, business model that's been allowed now for only about four years, um, is 
you need to have a great organization like a nonprofit foundation, uh, such as what we have is Grace Farms Foundation, which is the owner and manager of this amazing place called Grace Farms. So well worth a Google, even better, go to Google Images and take a look at what the space is. But it is this world-class cultural and humanitarian center designed by these incredible architects based out of Japan. It's a beautiful piece of modern architecture that is a community center to the local and global community. It's open and free to the public six days a week. And not only do we want to, cre want to create a space that everyone feels welcome, but that they also feel empowered to make a difference in the world, make the world a better place. And we found that our unique space to be able to do that is um, through our, our justice work, the humanitarian work, which is focused around ending forced labor. So it's become more and more a known problem in the world in the last several years. But in basic like, terms, there are 28 million people that are still trapped in forced labor today, right? Which is part of modern slavery. And modern slavery is both human trafficking, which is on the sex trafficking side of things, and the forced labor side of things, right? So um, when I say forced labor, that's a combination of people who are being um, are required to work under some form of coercion. So their travel documents are being held, they're being threatened, or their family is being threatened. They've been um, they've paid some type of work visa to go work in another country, um, and they're an indentured servant and can't stop working until that that payment and the insurmountable interest has been paid, right? So there's a lot of this dark industry that's still happening. And believe it or not, there's more people trapped in, in forced labor today than there's ever been in the history of the planet. We just don't necessarily know it, right? Um, and as globalization has continued, it's only become more and more rampant. And the United States is the largest uh, importer of goods made with forced labor. So at this very beautiful, hopeful space, it's sort of like this juxtaposition of this hopeful space dealing with a very dark humanitarian crisis that we have on our hands. And that's really in, intended so that we could tackle this dark issue in this space that is transparent, right? The building is all made out of glass. Um, and so it's both literal and metaphorical in the way that it's intended to inform the work that we do. Um, but being a cultural space, we host amazing art performances. Um, we host uh, Nobel laureates who come in and people can learn um, uh, from these types of amazing leaders around the world all coming and convening at Grace Farms. And then the work we do is from a, uh, an effort called Design for Freedom, which has a unique focus on ending forced labor and the building materials supply chain, right? So when you think about the built environment, right? This is the chairs we're sitting on. This is the windows that we look out of. This is the timber used to make the roof over our heads, the concrete of the floors that we work on. And there's been this labor transparency pass on this whole industry, which is the largest industry in the world, um, is, is the building and construction industry. So th this was something that came upon us a couple of years into the work that we were doing that nobody's doing this. Grace Farms happens to sit at this unique nexus of humanitarian work, but also this unique architectural site where we're bringing people together and it really started to take off when we started doing work with the United Nations University um, and a number of other organizations and starting this movement called Design for Freedom, which is now this leading movement. So 
this was all happening. This was getting underway. And then what happens in 2020 that upends everybody, the pandemic, right? And I, uh, I had the honor of serving as the director of operations and sustainability for Grace Farms Foundation for the first five and a half years. And when the pandemic began, we couldn't be serving the public in the way that we had been um, because people couldn't come on site. So we did a bunch of different adjustments on how we are serving the community. We became the largest importer of PPE in the state of Connecticut because of unique relationships we had um, to be able to import the, the, the needed safety uh, equipment for our frontline heroes. But we were also saying like, how do we stay connected with our community? And I was getting my MBA at uh, NYU at New York University um, at the Stern School of Business and was really interested in innovative business models, especially businesses that were focused on giving back, ESG-focused um, businesses, B Corps. And I stumbled upon this really small change in the IRS code in 2019, something called the Philanthropic Enterprise Act, also known as IRS code 4943G, also known as the Newman's Own Exception. Okay. So, for many people that may be listening to this, you've probably had the salad dressing, the salsa, whatever it may be. And so um, it's a result of their company that they were actually able to get the IRS code changed that now allows private foundations, nonprofit foundations, to own 100% of for-profit companies. So that was like the basis of where it began. Um, and I'm glad to go into some more detail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. So. Discovering this small change in the IRS code, we said, all right, well, the way that this worked for Newman's own was they created this successful business. Paul Newman created it. And then when he died, they transferred 100% of the equity to the Newman's own foundation. But in a beautiful model, the more, uh, more dressing that they sell, the more money they could give back to supporting kids in particular, the work that they did. But the, the product itself was not furthering the charitable purposes of the nonprofit. And so we said, well, what if we have a chance to create a business? And not only would we be able to give back 100% of the profits because we're legally owned by the nonprofit, so we only have one shareholder, one dividend to yeah. pay out, is what if we use this company to also demonstrate and educate about ethical and sustainable supply chains, the work that we do around design for freedom, as I said, but it also becomes a way for us to share this amazing brand, this amazing story of Grace Farms, the beauty of Grace Farms, the space itself through the packaging and the storytelling. So it was with those three goals that we started the company and then donated it into the foundation. And then we began our mission of creating in our you know, world the, the most impactful business we possibly can create. And so we do that in a number of different ways. Um, we're a certified B Corp, which for those people that are um, familiar with it or not familiar with it, it's a rigorous um, assessment that businesses can go through from a third party organization called the B Lab that um, measures your impact as a company on, from a governance side, from a worker side, from an environmental side, all those factors uh, pull into that. So um, we built the company to be a certified B Corp. We are the first and only T brand in the U.S. to partner with 
um, Fair Trade International, which is the original and really the, the gold standard of fair trade organizations here um, in the world. And then, um, and then we also source all of our coffees exclusively from women-led co-ops as a way to like bring some light to the fact that 43% yeah. yeah. of the workers in the agricultural field are women, yet they're disproportionately underpaid. Got it. That's a lot, man. Just is that easy? Well, I mean, with that though, I mean, you got to have passionate leaders. You got to have people. I mean, there's got to be some cash on the sidelines, right? I mean, like the normal person can't just do this. I wouldn't think. Um, but but a couple of things come to mind. So number one, when you talk about design for freedom, I don't know if this is the the path you're going down here. But so uh, I I was just in Oregon on a golf trip and. Uh, the, when we're going home, we had to drive about two and a half hours uh, from uh, Bandon Dunes to uh, Eugene, Oregon, you know, and uh, I see all these mountains uh, or hills, whatever you want to call them out there at this at this area. And then, you know, the beautiful uh, pine trees and, you know, one one hillside would be they'd just be gone. Right. They would be logging them and they'd be these big truck bed. And then as we got more into town, we'd see plant after plant after plant with. I don't know, thousands of trees laying there, perfectly straight cedar trees, right? Laying there. And then you'd go down the road. And then at the end, I would see another uh, factory and it would have like what I would just go to like one of the home improvement stores and see a bunch of two by fours, right? Now they're out in the, in the parking lot and there they are, right? And so it gets me thinking because yeah. then I'd see more hills where that one's empty. That one looks like they're 100 foot tall. These look like they're 10 foot tall. It just gets my mind thinking, okay, like now what's the future? Like what's that look like 30 years from now? Can we continue to do this at the scale we do it to where the real estate market with houses and buildings are being built? Can we sustain this? Like that that worries me as a country. And so is that in line with what you're talking about here from the design for freedom or is that something completely different? No, it's, it's completely in line, right? And so it, for us, we look at it as, the definition of sustainability is not uh, isolated just to environmental, right? That is a yeah. incredibly important topic, right? Um, that if we do not take care of this planet, human caused climate change is going to create, can continue to create havoc on our planet and ultimately make our planet really not livable for the 8 billion people and more that are, are live on our planet. However, we also believe that sustainability requires the lens from an ethical standpoint. Are we willing to take us, define something as a sustainable future at the cost of other people's freedom? And so yeah. we are fortunate enough that our country, uh, has strict labor laws that are for the most part managed. I'm not saying we're perfect. We have a lot of migrant labor in our country, a lot in the agricultural side of things, especially. Um, but other places around the world that are fast developing countries that aspire to have the resources and the economy of the United States are willing to step over people's freedoms and liberties in order to spark their economy. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, but that tree thing back to that, I mean, that, then you see that being a, a real factor of what I saw from a, and, I, and I'm not looking at it from a political standpoint. I'm not looking at it from global warming, uh, any of that kind of stuff. I'm looking at it more from a, can we do this? Can we continue to provide the lumber that we will need to continue to build the buildings that we're going to have to continue to build or they're there because they'll tear down homes, they tear down buildings and start all over. Right. Completely. And uh, the, the answer is no, um, we cannot stay at the pace that we're already going at. 
Um, and, you know, there's sure there's certifications out there, FSC, which is uh, Forest Stewardship Council, which is managing responsibly uh, timbered forests. Uh, but in the end, the majority of the wood that we're consuming is not. And so, and, and the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, are relevant in any industry, right? Even building, yeah. right? And so yeah. we, we do need to take that, that lens in all of our consumption areas. Yeah, makes sense. And, and you know, I, I'm on a, uh, a board now that uh, a non-for-profit and we do the coffee thing and source it out of Haiti. And, and you know, that that is in businesses and people buy it in bulk and, and that money then goes and goes to the, the people of Haiti and North St. Louis. And it's making a huge impact. So, I mean, I've seen it firsthand and I didn't even hear about this stuff, you know. So that's probably why the three or four years ago, I think, is when you said it started. And that's about when we started doing the coffee. And it, it's an amazing thing for people to be able to give back through business, which we're all part of somehow, some one way or the other. Um, so let's talk about more of the habits, rituals, thinking. How important is that for you? Just spending time thinking about the next thing for you. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, I find that giving yourself an appropriate amount of time to reflect on the weight of the decision and how long you should dedicate to it is really important. Um, I would say that it's something that I've wrestled with myself. We did not come out of the gates and had a clear idea on how to penetrate into a hyper-competitive market, right? I agonized over like, why is this not working right out of the beginning? Was up for more nights than I can ever imagine. Like, you know, I want to live through again. Um, I, I can easily say, right, and most entrepreneurs would probably say this, right, that starting a business the first time is one of the most challenging things you'll do in your life. Um, from a certainly from a professional standpoint, if not, you know, from a, a, a complete life standpoint, um, uh, with the exception of, you know, family issues that you might go through. And so, um, for me, the, the ritual of, of reflecting and making sure that you're giving yourself enough slack and giving yourself gratitude for all the things you've been given, the opportunities is the best way for me to clear my head. Um, when I find myself, you know, laying in bed, wrestling with a big decision or not, um, it's always helpful for me to just like count through all the things I'm, I'm so grateful for from a family side of things, from a business side of things, all the things that are going great. And then if in your gut, that thing that you're, it, the difficult decision you're making, there's nowhere like around it that something you could be grateful for. It's probably something you should move away from is something that I've found, right? And and that's like your gut and your heart talking to you. Um, but, you know, it's 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 popped into your mind in a, in a different way. You're not acting emotionally. You've, that's the way that I've developed my, uh, my, my compass of decision making. Yeah. And wouldn't you agree, obviously, you have a very clear purpose, but I think in life, uh, you have to have a purpose. And, and you can see the sticker future greater than your past is, our firm's mission is to help people achieve a future greater than their past. And it doesn't mean that, that you know, you've had a bad past. It doesn't mean the person listening to this has had a bad past. But I think if I, you know, if I was in a room full of a thousand people, I said, raise your hand if you want a future greater than your past, everybody's going to raise their hands, right? And, and so when you hear that purpose, future greater than your past, getting you up in the morning at 5 or 5.30 and keeping you going, would you believe that's one of the biggest indicators of success for your life is to have a purpose? Couldn't agree more. I mean, you're a rudderless ship. And as we know, it just continues to spin round and round. Yeah. And 
you know, I think we've all felt that at certain times, like you've got a guiding purpose in your life, but maybe you've like gotten distracted from what that is or enough of the challenges have like got, have, have rocked your confidence enough to be able to yeah. tap into that purpose and let that be your guiding light every morning. But no question without a purpose. What's yeah. the, what's the point? Yeah. Well, the Bible says, right, without a vision, without a purpose, people perish. And so uh, I think that's important for us as business leaders as well. And I think there's a lot of people that may not have that purpose uh, currently in their life. And I think it's people's jobs to either one through a podcast, books, mentoring, making a phone calls to get somebody to help you with that. Because I think that's so important for me. I know it was, I was always driven by different things. But when I found that purpose for me purposely, it was a, uh, it was a life changer, man. And it's something that then guides you every day that allows you to get up, even on the days you don't want to do it. When there's purpose-driven mission there, you're going to do it. Whether it's cold and rainy or not, you're going to get up and make it happen. Couldn't agree more, you know. And I think I, I've looked at it as there's there's three three important factors that are happening in your life, right? It's the, the work that you're doing, mm-hmm. the relationships that you have, and where you're spending your time, right? Like geographically, like what is the environment that you're in? And if you can optimize those three factors, then you have the ability to like, say climb Maslow's hierarchy of need or reach that flow state. And so if you find yourself, right, you're surrounded by great people and you're doing meaningful work, but you're, you know, in an environment that is not friendly, right? It's not inspiring from a place. You cannot possibly give your best. And so that might be as simple as, hey, let's just take this meeting outside so that we can think a little bit more clearly as a team. And and so those are the types of changes, the small changes that we can make every single day. If you find yourself trapped in a place where like you are surrounded by people you do not like, you need to get out of that situation or find a way to change that situation. If yeah. you find yourself in an environment you do not like, like, right, you do not like the city you live in, get out, right? It is dragging you down and pulling you back. And I know that's a scary jump for a lot of people, but wait till you get to the other side. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, another one I, th- I think about a lot for people is the paralysis by analysis. You know, like I, I think if I, I don't know this. I'm going to make a statement and tell me if I'm wrong or not. But when you guys are building Grace Farms Foods, you didn't, I mean, you had a plan. Clearly you had a plan. When we were starting Visionary Wealth Advisors, we had a plan. But sometimes, man, you got to go, right? You just got to take action. It's one of the circuits of success. You got to take action and you got to believe in yourself and your team that you're going to build it as you go. And I think so many people want to just think it's going to be perfect day one. And it's a muddy mess, man, trudging through the deep valleys and peaks of, of running a business. And so would you agree with that as well as I make these statements that you didn't have this perfect roadmap that you're building it as you go? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> no such thing as a perfect roadmap. I would say, right. What, what creates disappointment? Unmatched expectation. So if you live your whole life by saying like, everything's going to be the best, everything's going to be pretty, I'm going to reach this level of success in my life, then chances are that like, yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time being disappointed. Unfortunately, that's not to say you shouldn't be striving for those things, 
But if you you take those as something that should be granted, man, like you're setting yourself up for a really frustrating life. <laughs> so, That's a rider downer. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, unmet, I write that down. What creates disappointment? Um, unmet expectations. So tell us a little bit more about what Grace Farms actually does. I know you got the coffee and the tea. It's probably what you're drinking there in your nice glass is your tea. So tell us about that. Yeah, right on. So when we opened Grace Farms back in 2015, we knew it was at this new kind of place. And we said, all right, how are people going to respond to this unique architecture and this idea that this space is truly free and open to the public? It's meant to just make the world a better place. And, you know, in today's world of skepticism that we have, that could there truly be genuine, authentic intentions behind a place like this, right? And there was skepticism early on from what we were doing there. Um, but we found that coffee and tea was just this common denominator that everyone could enjoy. I mean, right, tea. There's 6 billion cups of tea enjoyed around the world every single day. Thanks. So what makes for like a great relationship? Finding something in common with someone, right? So what better way than you're either a coffee or a drinker or you're a tea drinker, right? And if you don't like caffeine, that's cool. We've got delicious herbal tea too that's caffeine free. So we've got a warm way to welcome you no matter where you're coming from, who you are, let's start a conversation. And that's really the icebreaker. And so it became a way of more than just a welcome and a greeting. It became the beginning of relationships. And so then when we were closed during the pandemic, we said like, how could we not only you know stay connected with our existing community, but how could we grow that community even more, right? Yeah. This is the silver linings of a challenging situation like a pandemic. And so we you know literally took the inspiration from the cups in our hands and said, what if we were to take this amazing tea and coffee experience that happens at Grace Farms and we were to share it with everyone? And so we've now got people right from Iowa and Washington State and all over the country that have never heard of Grace Farms, have never been to Grace Farms. I don't even know if they'll ever make it to Grace Farms, but they're now connected to it, right? And it's it's these small like sips, right, of tea is a way for people to be connected to a greater mission and also for them to find these micro moments of purpose, right? To what we were yeah. saying earlier, right? If you don't have necessarily that purpose in yourself right now, or you're struggling to say like, boy, these big problems with the world are so big, but I've, I've lost my own purpose because I don't feel like I can make a difference. Our theory was like, well, what if we could empower people just by making a slight change from the coffee and tea that they're drinking and so that they are part of a community, right? That are making a difference and that their decision voting with their wallet, right? Conscious consumerism, whatever you want to call it is all activated and real. Yeah. So that's, that's how like the coffee and tea has become sort of our signature thing. Um, and then where we've gone with it has been really amazing. Um, on the, on, on a business to business side of things, which is a really exciting channel for us. Um, we found that organizations, incredible, uh, companies have resonated so much with this message where they're looking for ways to share their ESG commitments. And maybe they don't have an ESG purpose, right? And so we right. can help them shape that just by simply changing their coffee and tea. So for example, our, our 
T's are now in JP Morgan, right? How does a small business like partner with the largest private bank in the world? Because we're so aligned with our purpose, right? We know our product is, is super top notch. It's the highest quality. And when we show up, we're willing to do what it takes to show them that we care so much about the partnership. And that makes a big difference, right? We're in with the World Economic Forum, United Nations University. And so it becomes a really easy decision for them um, once they meet us and they they know what we're about. And so that's like, this is where things get super, super fun because yeah. now we're sharing our product with thousands of people in a corporate cafeteria that otherwise never would have found Grace Farms. Yeah. And I think, again, those big companies, though, they want to be with people that have a, a passion and a purpose as well, right? Like, that's an easy fix for them. You're going to buy coffee or tea for your break room, right? Why not buy something with a passion and a purpose behind it? Totally. Yeah. Well, where can our listeners find more of Adam Thatcher and uh, Grace Farms Foods, man? This has been awesome. Awesome. Well, A, thank you for having me. Um, where you can find more of me is come to Grace Farms. I'm there all the time. Um, would love to grab a cup of tea or coffee with you. Let's sit down, have a conversation, willing to take the time and let's see what doors we can open for each other. Um, otherwise, feel free to email me, right? A Thatcher um, at gracefarmsfoods.com. Thatcher, T-H-A-T-C-H-E-R, just like Margaret Thatcher. Um, and otherwise, you can find our products at sharegracefarms.com or you can go to our uh, the website gracefarms.org and learn more about Grace Farms, the space. Awesome. We crushed it, man. Adam, this was awesome. Loved, uh, love it. And uh, I love that what, what creates disappointment is unmet expectations. Couldn't agree anymore, my friend. So thanks for being with me, man. Enjoy the rest of the week. Take care. Thanks for having me.